HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Are you fired up? I know this section is. Come on, y'all. You're fired up. <laughs> I, I, I personally can't believe it's been nine years. This is the ninth annual Good Food Awards. I hope everyone's ready to have a great time. Um, my name is Sam O'Ganneman, and in addition to being your MC tonight, I'm the founder of the BioRight family of businesses right here in San Francisco. I always love BioRight love. Thank you all. Um, so for over 20 years, we've been dedicated to the same values of good food and creating commu community that the Good Food Awards celebrates. And that's why I'm so excited to be here tonight celebrating America's most exceptional makers of tasty, authentic, and responsible food. So let's hear it for all the winners. We're all here to acknowledge the important work you guys are doing. You're employing people, empowering them with good jobs. You're responsibly sourcing your ingredients and making your food with care, respecting our land, water, and air. You're preserving cultures while creating your own. And you're strengthening your community, doing it with kindness and love. And more importantly, you're gifting us with something beautiful and delicious along the way. You're all aligned committed to the values of good food, yet your backgrounds and the journeys you took to get here are beautifully different. And I quote, taste, like identity, has value only when there are differences. End quote. This is one of my favorite quotes from Carlo Petrini, one of our honorary hosts tonight. When I was younger, as the eldest son of immigrants, I was always aware of my, di my differences. I didn't always fit in, and it made me feel really uncomfortable. And to be honest, sometimes it still does. I'd probably be really uncomfortable tonight if I didn't know and love so many of you. And then I think about my father and the courage that he had to come to this country from Palestine in 1960 with nothing but hope and $50 to his name. I think about that journey, the struggles and the pain that he experienced, not knowing where that path was going to lead him. I think about the sacrifices and the commitment he made to pave a smoother path for my siblings and me. And fortunately, now I get to see his happiness knowing that his dreams have come true. The food and many of the people we are celebrating tonight have followed a similar path. Each product can be traced back to an immigrant who brought their tradition to this country however long ago. Cheesemakers, charcutiers, coffee roasters, confectioners, brewers and distillers. Food was vitally important to them 
It was the most accessible way for them to preserve their heritage and their identity. And the various cultures' contributions to our country and to our food culture are what ultimately makes America so unique. It's because we are all different with different backgrounds and different tastes that our community is so vibrant and so strong. Chris Yang, the editor of Lucky Peach, in his newest book, it's titled You and I Eat the Same on the Countless Ways Food and Cooking Connects Us to One Another, said, and I quote, cuisine cannot exist without the free and fair movement of ingredients, ideas, and people. Deliciousness is an undeniable benefit of immigration. When people move around, food gets better. And I end that quote. When people are free to move around, food gets better. Tonight is a testament to that freedom, right? <laughs> the freedom that makes us unique, that brings us together and makes us stronger. The freedom that aligns us in our mission to make our world a better place. And it's the same freedom that makes the good food that we're celebrating tonight taste so damn good. And I welcome you all. And thank you for being here. And I hope you have an awesome tonight. And thank you most importantly for all of your commitments to good food. All right, I'm sure you're ready to dive right in. But before we do, I need to um, uh, just get you all set up. There's a bunch of thank yous and and. Um, little additions that I need to add in. So um, we thought you'd all like to know that we've more than doubled in size since we started nine years ago. We've grown from seven categories to 16, and tonight you'll hear from six of the categories that you didn't hear from last year. And of course, there are a lot of thank yous that I need to make for this, that have, uh, to people and a bunch of people who have made this night awesome. And if I've left you out, no, it's not intentional. Blame Sarah. She gave me the list. <laughs> Um, and so the first thank you of the e evening begins with all of you. I know many of you made a huge effort to be here. Many of you have traveled, um, especially in the rain, snow, sleet. Thank you for being here. A very special thanks to um, the War Memorial Building, Fort Mason Center for Arts and Culture, Airbnb, City View at Metreon, and the Fort Mason Center Farmers Market for being incredible hosts and collaborators this entire weekend. To Ali Ball and the 29 Good Food Awards Committee Chairs, who organized the tasting of 2,035 entries. 2,035, that's amazing, it's a record. To the 262 judges and to Impact Hub Bay Area who allowed us to overrun their 25,000 square foot collaborative workspace for the blind tasting. And to Counterculture Coffee, the Perennial, and the Assembly, all serving as blind tasting satellite locations. To the amazing Samantha Allen, Catherine Harris, Laura de Oliveira, Hilary Matson, Charlotte Blumenthal, and Madeline Thies, the hardworking team at the Good Food Foundation, the nonprofit organization behind the Good Food Awards. Yeah. You guys have no idea how much work they put in. And thank you to the dozens of volunteers that ensure the weekend is an unforgettable experience. To Dominic Phillips Event Marketing, BCV Architects, Earl's Organic Produce, Beyond the Terrace, and Gamut SF, all of whom have, in a very little sense, transformed this space here tonight. To the incredible teams at Veritable Vegetable, Byright Catering, Bon Appetit Management Company, Airbnb, Heritage Foods, Veritera, Paula LeDuc Fine Events and Catering, Rustic Bakery, Acme Bread, 
Salt and Straw, Doe Double X, and Coffee Wiz, Tavara Sally for making the reception that awaits possible. And I know you guys are waiting for that. <laughs> to Alice Waters and Nell Newman, who have come from near and far to make this night extra magical for all of you. And to Carlo Petrini, who's especially thrilled that 11 of our winners tonight are using Arc of Taste ingredients. And he has brought these special certificates of recognition for all of those winners um, that he will give to them over the weekend to honor them for the fact that they're helping preserve our Arc of Tasting um, products. They're preser preserving biodiversity and preserving history. And as importantly, to the companies that put their money where their mouth is to build the good food movement, a very special thanks to our presenting sponsor, the Good Food Merchants Collaborative, a group of 19 inspiring, independently-owned markets from around the country whose members will be presenting the awards tonight. And to, yes. Shop independent. <laughs> and to the newly formed Good Food Merchants Alliance, another 12 great markets supporting the entire weekend. To our ninth year running premier sponsor, William Sonoma, without whom we certainly could not have arrived here tonight. And to our longtime supporters at the Vermont Cheese Council and new friends at Rhode Island Department of Agriculture who prove that small is mighty when it comes to good food and underwriting what you believe in. And of course, to Dr. Jessica B. Harris, one of the world's foremost authorities on the food and cooking of the African diaspora, whom we are honored to have with us tonight for her forthcoming keynote. <laughs> but before we hear from Dr. Harris, since we're lucky enough to have Carlo Petrini here all the way from Italy, the founder of Slow Food and the closest thing to a Pope that the food movement has, <laughs> we've, we've asked him to bless us with a few words. Patrick Martins, um, the owner and founder of Heritage Foods USA and the first Slow Food USA president and Heritage Radio Network has graciously offered to translate for him. Innanzitutto, scusate se non parlo inglese, parlo italiano. Sorry if I only speak Italian, not English. È per me un piacere e un onore essere qui stasera. It's a complete pleasure to be here tonight. No, non l'hai tradotto. È un piacere e un onore. It's a pleasure and an honor. Onore. Sorry. Onore. He does speak oh. a little English, doesn't he? I, I, eh, io, eh, L'energia che si sente in questa sala è straordinaria. The energy in this room is extraordinary. Qui è concentrata per me una generazione che negli ultimi 20 anni negli Stati Uniti ha fatto una rivoluzione. Here in this room is concentrated a revolutionary energy that started 20 years ago. Una rivoluzione pacifica. 
It's a pa- uh, Pacific one, tranquil, pleasant. Una rivoluzione dolce. It's sweet. Una rivoluzione saporita. It's full of gastronomic pleasures. Che rispetta, che rispetta l'ambiente. It respects the environment. Che rispetta le persone. The people. Che rispetta la biodiversità. Biodiversity. Questo è... 20 anni fa non c'era negli Stati Uniti d'America. 20 years ago it did not exist in the US like this. Questa realtà così diversa, così forte, così ricca. So rich, so diverse, so strong. E mi dispiace che di questo non siano coscienti anche gli europei, anche gli africani, anche gli asiatici. He's upset that the uh, Europeans, the Africans, the Asians are not aware of this culture here in the States. Perché voi state cambiando la cultura del cibo in questo paese. You're actually changing the culture of food in this country. E cambiando la cultura del cibo fate un lavoro straordinario per l'umanità. And by changing the food culture here, you're actually doing a huge gift to humanity. Quindi, grazie. Grazie per quello che fate. Grazie per quello che fate. Thank you for what you do. Grazie per la passione che ci mettete. Thank you for the passion you put in everything you do. E anche se in certi momenti pensate che è difficile, and even if you come through these difficult moments where you don't want to continue, tenete duro. Stay strong. Tenete la schiena dritta. Keep your spine straight. Fate con orgoglio il vostro mestiere. Be proud of your work. Fatevi pagare il giusto. Get paid a fair price. C'è un elemento importante in quello che voi fate. There's a very important element about what you do. Che voi siete collegate alla comunità. You are connected to the community. Che voi siete collegate ai territori. Dimmi scusa. Ai territori. You're connected to the territory. Siete espressione delle comunità e dei territori. You are an expression of the community and the territory. In questo c'è la diversità. Here and here there is diversity. E anche dovete avere coscienza che voi dovete governare il limite. And so you are in charge of governing limits. Non superare. Don't go above the limits. Anche se le cose vanno bene, non crescere, crescere, crescere. Even if things are going really well, don't surpass the correct limits. Perché a quel punto si cambia la il, si cambia il volto, si cambia la natura. Because if you go past limits, you change your nature. Governate il limite. Govern limits. Vivete bene questa vostra missione. V- live your mission perfectly. E allora oggi voi qui ricevete un premio. So you're going to get an award tonight. Con 260 degustatori. 260 tasters, judges, products. E solo una pazza come quella là poteva fare una cosa del genere. Only a crazy person like Sarah Wiener could pull that off. E così matta che l'abbiamo allevata per due anni in Italia. And to think that we raised this young person for two years in Northern Italy. Era una, era una bambina. She was a, l- a little girl. Oh Sara, ciao Sara, oh. brava Sara. You guys got that. 
e adesso, e adesso guarda che cosa è diventata. And look at what she's become. Complimenti. Compliment. Brava. Eh. Questo premio, questo premio portatelo a casa, siate orgogliosi di quello che fate. Be proud of this award and what you do. Però ricordatevi di una cosa. But remember one thing. Che il premio più importante che voi dovete coltivare ogni giorno the most that you must every day è la felicità per fare una cosa giusta. Is the in doing just. Questo è il miglior premio. Questo è il miglior premio. That's the best prize. Perché voi fate una cosa giusta perché il cibo deve essere buono. You're doing the right thing because food must be, of course, good. Deve dare piacere. It has to give pleasure. Deve essere condiviso. It has to be shared. Ma il cibo deve essere pulito. It has to be clean. Non può distruggere l'ambiente. It cannot destroy the, the environment. Non può distruggere la biodiversità. Or the biodiversity. E il cibo deve essere giusto. It has to be just. Bisogna pagare giustamente quelli che lavorano. You have to pay workers a fair wage. Anche i vostri collaboratori. And all the collaborators. E se comprate delle cose dai contadini, pagate il giusto ai contadini. And if you buy stuff from farmers, you have to pay them a fair wage as well. E che non ci siano schiavi nelle campagne. There cannot be slaves in the farms. E, nelle, e, nelle, e nei lavori. Buono. Buono, pulito e giusto. Good, clean and fair. Grazie per quello che fate. Thank you for what you do. Grazie per quello che rappresentate. Thanks for what you represent. E sappiate che nel mondo siamo in tanti. And realize that in the world we are many. In ogni parte del mondo. On all parts of the earth. Anche nella profonda Africa. Even in deepest Africa. Anche nei paesi più poveri. In the poorest countries, c'è gente come voi che lavora per cibo buono, pulito e giusto. There are people like you working for good, clean and fair food. E questa grande umanità, and this big humanity, è l'umanità che può cambiare il mondo, is the one that can change the world, e che può garantire la pace, and they can guarantee peace in the world. Siamo qui in uno in un teatro che celebra la guerra, le guerre, le grandi guerre. Yeah, this is a very historical place. They were involved in wars. It's an old place. Ma è la più di pace. But this, in this, you know, war building that's connected to war, this is a sign of peace right Voi here. Siete della pace. You are defenders of peace. Per il Thank you for your work. Wait. You want to think? Before you go, before you go, Wait, Carlo, wait. We want to take this opportunity in this beautiful building with all these good, clean, and fair producers to thank you. You've trained us, you've inspired us, and so much would not have happened if it wasn't for you. Stiamo ringraziando te. And so we've gathered a few people who are your disciples <laughs> to give you an honorary, the first ever honorary Good Food Award. So... You, you let us work at Slow Food and at your university. I help bring back heritage turkeys. Uh, Renato 
helped introduce America to the best pasta made in the U.S. And these ladies uh, have fought for food justice and fighting injustice. And so with that, we award you the first ever Honorary Good Food Award. Congratulations. Thank you, Carlo and Patrick. I think I'm gonna um, stand up a little bit straighter for the rest of the night. Um, like, what powerful words, right? Do, do the just thing. You know, if we woke up every day and just thought about those four words, do the just thing, how much better the world would be. Um, now, please join me in a very warm welcome to Dr. Jessica Harris, who has the unenviable task of speaking after Carlo Petrini. Uh, Jessica. Yes. Um, Jessica has dedicated her life to connecting cultures through cuisine, both domestically and internationally. Her extraordinary work has been awarded by countless organization, organizations, including the James Beard Foundation, Southern Foodways Alliance, and the American Association of Food Journalists. She also does podcasts on the H Her Heritage Radio Network. She's done that for three years, so if you want to go back and look at, uh, listen to old podcasts, they're powerful. The Heritage Radio Network sums her up so well. And I quote, Dr. Jessica B. Harris damn near knows it all when it comes to African and Caribbean cuisines and culinary history. She's a living legend. Please help me in welcoming Dr. Jessica Harris. Okay, what that really means is I'm old. First of all, good evening. My congratulations to all of the winners. Speaking after Carlo, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Here goes. May you live in interesting times. This locution is often referred to in very non-PC terms as the Chinese curse, and has been used in speeches by people ranging from Albert Camus to Robert Kennedy. It may be a curse, but as I looked it up, it's certainly not Chinese. It has been used to discuss epochs ranging from World War II to the 1960s. I suspect that most of us could agree that it is certainly applicable today, because we do undeniably live in interesting times. We live in times when the world seems to once again be in transition and we seem to be divided in ways we have never been before. Certainly not in my memory and this gray hair came naturally so that spans more than a few decades. Daily, we are buffeted by events that spawn new hashtags. Hashtag me too. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag All Lives Matter. Hashtag Take a Knee. Hashtag MAGA. The list goes on and is even international with hashtag Je suis Charlie. Hashtag Love Matters. To add to the list, more and more, 
We seem to be breaking down the fabric of our lives and dividing into so many diverse and conflicting camps. This, though, is not a political dissertation nor a personal rant. I can hear some folks coughing and wondering, why is she here? What the heck has this got to do with food? We're here for the Good Food Awards. Well, here's the point. Food has the power in these interesting times as it perhaps has not had before in recent memory. Food has the power to be the balm that solves our collective wounds and becomes the thing that can bind us together again. Food has the power to create community. Food has the power to knit us back together, for we are most often at our best when we find ourselves together at our communal tables, creating, exchanging freely and fairly, collaborating and sharing. It was to food that African Americans in the United States turned in the 19th century to reach out across a divide that still cleaves the country. Then, following the privations of enslavement in a remarkable gesture of kindness and outreach. Then, after Appomattox, the last rations distributed to the Louisiana Regiment as they marched in defeat to Burkeville Station to take the train for the last journey home were several hundred ears of corn they received from a free black man who remains nameless in history. It was to food that we turned to heal the privations of World War II in Europe when the idea of a care package was created in the war's aftermath. The Cooperative for American Remittances to Europe, acronym C-A-R-E, CARE, was designed in 1945 to create an infrastructure for aiding those in war-torn countries with packages of food. Care packages have been sent to strife-riven lands around the globe ever since. The organization's name was changed to Cooperative for Assistance and Relief Everywhere in 1953, but the acronym CARE remained the same and created a term that is now applied to everything from packages for troops to gifts of brownies to not-so-needy college students and those at sleepaway camp. It was all about sharing and dare I say it, caring. It was all about food when our newly minted American princess, the Duchess of Sussex, worked with the survivors of the Greenfield Tower disaster in London. There, women reached out across their cultural divides to collaborate and connect in the formation of the Hub Kitchen. Hub means love in Arabic. West Indian women, cooked with those from the subcontinent and others from the Middle East, all former inhabitants of the ill-fated tower. Food and cooking provided a place for coming together to rebuild families and community. The collaboration of the women and their resulting organization and the cookbook that they penned in 2018 are one of the beacons in today's worlds, pointing the way toward increased partnerships and cross-pollinating of traditions. It is in this spirit of food, food that can allow our better angels to come forth, that I close my six-minute keynote by asking you all, us all, 
to come together around food, around good food. Connect, collaborate, and share. Think of it, share, S-H-A-R-E. S is for studying. S is also for silos, but silos are great for storing grain, but they're not a good way to live. Get out and learn about the folks with whom you share a town, state, and country. Who are your neighbors? On what points do you intersect? Do you all eat rice, white, brown, or Carolina gold? Corn, tacos are on the cob. Drink coffee, be it thick Turkish or a grande mocha latte. Like the women of the hub kitchen, meet them on communal plates. H is for help. If you can afford to give a hand up, mentor. Create entry paths into the world in which you succeeded. Mentoring may be something as small as lending a book or stopping to have a conversation or a cup of coffee, or in my case, a glass or two of wine, with those who need a little help. For those with more wherewithal, H is also for hiring. Give someone a break. A, admire, allow, accept. While helping and learning, be sure to express admiration and acceptance. Allow folks to be themselves and to demonstrate skills that they may have received through their cultural approaches to things. There are many ways to roast a pig and many ways to make a cup of coffee. Listen, you just might learn. R, and I never thought I would speak of her as late, but this is the Aretha tip. In doing all of these things, remember Aretha. R is for R-E-S-P-E-C-T, respect. It's that simple. We hear much talk of cultural appropriation. In that, respect is the key to success. Remember, A, admire, accept, and allow, but also H, help, and also hire. While people love to share, they are not at all happy when their generous gifts are transformed into something that leaves them, yet again, in the dust of another's ascension. Do not leave your footprints on another's back on your way up the ladder of success. And that brings us to the final letter, E. E is simply for enjoy. For while we live in interesting times, if we collaborate, learn from one another, and yes, share, these times can become very, very interesting indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Jessica. That was very powerful. Um, sharing is caring, right? I love it. Um, I'm thrilled to introduce you to one of our newest uh, Good Food Merchants Alliance members, Mary Walsh of Swamp Rabbit Cafe and Grocery in Greenville, South Carolina, to announce the very first Good, Ford, Good Food Award winner of 2019, the coffee category.
Thank you. And the winners are from Arkansas for their Columbia Granja La Esperanza Onyx Coffee Lab. From California for their Geisha XO Bird Rock Coffee Roasters. For their Ethiopia Guji Hambella Wamena Drink Coffee Do Stuff. For their Upsetter Espresso Thanksgiving Coffee Company. From Colorado, for their Carmen Estate Washed Geisha Commonwealth Coffee Roasters. From Maine, for their Organic Costa Rica La Mirella Bard Coffee. From Massachusetts, for their Special Prep Ethiopia Natural Bombay Bensa Sidama Broadsheet Coffee Roasters. From Minnesota, for their house bean, Ethiopia Guji Bali Coffee Roasters. And for their Duromina Ethiopia Spy House Coffee Roasting Company. From New Jersey, for their Ethiopia Kayon Mountain Taru Royal Mile Coffee Roasters. From Oregon, for their Ethiopian Buku Saisa Noble Coffee Roasting. For their Ethiopia Shantawene Still Vibrato. From Texas, for their Grima Eshetu Oak Cliff Coffee Roasters. And from Virginia, for their Kayon Mountain Red Rooster Coffee Roaster. And last one, from Washington State, for their Ethiopia Limu Organic Coffee Ladro. Well, let's hear it for coffee. <laughs> Ethiopia, right? It's like unbelievable. Thank you so much, Mary. And, she, and she's got the hardest category. The pronunciations are unreal, and she did them perfectly. Um, and congratulations to all the coffee winners. You guys, are, you know, you keep us awake. Thank you. <laughs> um, and now to present the snack awards, Bo Vondra of Looks Market in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And the winners are, from California, for their organic olive oil and celery flatbread, Rustic Bakery. <laughs> from Colorado, for their Colorado green chili potato chips, Morgan Handmade Rations. From Florida, for their turmeric and sea salt fried lentils, The Lentil House. From Hawaii, for their uh, Lilikoi Ginger Turmeric Fruit Roll, Maui Fruit Rolls. 
from Maryland for their rye cracker, Atwaters. From Mississippi for their naturally fermented beer grain crackers, Sweet Potato Stout Grain Elevator. From Missouri for their original granola, Banner Road Baking Company. From New York for their brined and roasted pepitas, Stony Brook Wholehearted Foods. From Oregon for their cranberry hemp bar, Be Good Bars. For their serious cheesy puffs, Asiago Black Pepper, Fuller Foods. For their Mayan Spice Bar, Honey Mamas. From Rhode Island, for the Holy Granola Experience, the Sacred Granola. Sorry, Sacred Cow Granola, I apologize. Uh, from South Carolina, for their Magic Memory Ball, the Juice Hive. From Virginia, for their Cherry Baby Granola, Storied Goods. And finally, to speak on behalf of this year's Snacks winners, from Arizona, Emma Zimmerman from Hayden Flower Mills for her Heritage Grain Crackers, White Sonora Wheat. Good evening. Um, I was uh, honored to be asked to speak on behalf of the snack category. Um, I was just reflecting the other day how easy it is to start a food business. And yeah, I paused for laughter because everyone in this room should find that to be hilarious. But I was just thinking like, you know, you get your grandma's recipe and you take it to a co-packer, um, you go cheap on the ingredients and then spend all your money on eye-catching branding and packaging and get a distributor, you know, do some free fills, some demos and you're done. It's so simple. Um, so I was wondering, why did we do it the hard way? <laughs> um, instead, seven years ago, my dad and I, although I should say my dad, because he's the one with the crazy ideas, and he wrote me into this and got me to do all the work, um, he had the idea, this great idea to make crackers and pasta and other flour products out of ingredients that didn't exist. Um, from grains that no one grows anymore, um, and seeds that are actually extinct. Um, so he also thought it'd be a great idea to then mill those non-existing grains on a stone mill and then we'll power it by the sun, because um, we're in Phoenix, so we have a lot of sunshine. He also thought, um, you know, we also thought this would be a great idea to then sell those unheard of heritage grains, um, freshly milled to order, in grocery stores for three times the price as other flowers. So luckily we found some crazy, equally crazy partners. Um, we partnered with an Arizona farmer. Uh, he was willing at first to just grow um, a handful of some of these seeds that we'd found. And um, literally some of them were a, a handful, um, less than a pound of seed that we started with. And luckily when you plant seeds, one grows into a hundred, so in a few years you have enough to, to mill. Um, but this farmer, he gave us 10 acres originally um, to plant. Our first crop was white sonora um, and farro and a few other things. Um, but now he has changed over about 300 acres into production of heritage and ancient grains. And our mill is now on his farm, so we get to do milling, uh, farming milling, uh, 
pasta, everything right on the farm, and our products are carried nationally in more than 400 grocery stores. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So honestly, it's kind of an accidental success story. Um, and with seven years of experience now, um, industry experience and knowing the food business, I look back and, and can see this simple way, like, it's, you know, this easy way um, that we could have gone. Uh, but if I would go back, I would do it the hard way again. Um, because for one, it's way more fun. Uh, we have some really crazy stories of things we did. And I know all of you have those stories of, you know, you, just to get the order out the door, the things that you did. Um, it also tastes better um, to do it the hard way, and it's good for the soil. And I'd like to thank the Good Food Foundation for acknowledging those food businesses tonight that have chosen to do things a much harder way. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so for those that couldn't source a, a responsibly made sweetener, you know, you went out and you made your own. Or for those that are working to just fundamentally change how food is distributed um, and sourced, and those who had to rebuild a whole agricultural system um, that had been forgotten before you could start your food business. Uh, so tonight, let's celebrate making food the hard way, or shall I we call it the good way? Thank you. Oh my God, Emma, that was so awesome. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I still do it the hard way every day. <laughs> um, and if you haven't had our crackers, um, they're, 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 they're awesome. They're one of my favorites. Um, and now to present the Pickles Awards, our friends um, from Forager's Market weren't able to make it into town after all. And we've got Christian Reynoso, the Pickles Committee co-chair and sous chef of Zuni Cafe here in San Francisco. If you haven't eaten there, um, it's one of, one of San Francisco's uh, legendary restaurants. It's awesome. Christian. All right. And the winners are from California for their Tarragon Cherries Cold Water Canyon Provisions. For their organic probiotic golden kraut, Gold Mine Natural Food Company. For their unbeatables, Pickled Beets Pacific Pickle Works. From Florida, for their jackfruit kimchi, St. Pete Ferments. From Illinois, for their pickled green tomatoes, Southport Grocery and Cafe. From Maryland, for their sauerkraut, Hex Ferments. From Massachusetts, for their organic garlic dill pickles, and for their organic garlic kraut, real pickles. From Michigan, for their Ethiopian sauerkraut, civil ferments. From Pennsylvania, for their local lime tarragon pickles, new road brinery. From Tennessee, for their pickled baby carrots, Blackberry Farm. From Texas, for their cucumbers, Barrel Creek Provisions. And from Washington State, for their local kraut chi, Blue Bus Cultured Foods. 
for their pickled heirloom blueberries, Bow Hill Blueberries, for their local spicy garlic sauerkraut, Ollie Kraut. Thank you. Thank you, Christian, um, and congratulations to you all. Um, thanks to all the pickle preservers, w winners, for, for making our world more vinegary and delicious. Um, and now to present the Preserves Award, Pascal Latar of World Foods in Portland, Oregon. All right, and the winners are from California for their Daybreak Apricot Jam Coldwater Canyon provisions. For their plum and, and get it and their razzle basil jam nation. For their raspberry rose preserves, shed. From Hawaii, for their passion fruit Hawaiian pepper smoked pineapple, Akaka Falls Farm. From Illinois, for their apricot preserves, Southport Grocery and Cafe. From Massachusetts, for their flower power peach conserve, doves and figs. From Michigan, for their wild blueberry compote, American Spoon. From Minnesota, for their strawberry and balsamic and black pepper jam, Grandma's Gourmets. From Oregon, for their spiced Marionberry fruit spread, Mount Hope Farms. For their Tayberry Jam, Plum Tree Jam. All right, from Texas for their Hill Country Heat, Brush, Brush Fire Farms. From Vermont for their Wild Bergamot Infused Raspberry Jam, Blake Hill Preserves. For their Smoky and Spicy Heirloom Tomato Honey Jam, V Smiley Preserves. And finally, from Washington State, for their Shiro Plum with Mint Spoon Preserves, Girl Meets Dirt. Give them a round of applause. Thank you, Pascal. And congratulations to all the preserve winners. Let's give them another round of applause. And, and now to present one of my favorite categories, the Cheese Awards, Emilia Minucci of DeBruno Brothers in Philadelphia. I love this category. And the winners are from California for their whole milk basket ricotta, Bellwether Farms. For their wagon wheel, Cowgirl Creamery, for their original blue and their Gouda, Point Reyes Farmstead Cheese Company. For their plain yogurt, St. Benoit Creamery. For their Kenne, Tamales Farmstead Creamery. From Georgia, for their Griffin, Sweetgrass Dairy. From Idaho, for their El Bosque, Lark Meadow Farms. From Maryland, for their mountaintop, Firefly Farms Creamery. From Missouri, 
for their dirt lover, Green Dirt Farm. From North Carolina, for their Roccatrobiola, Boxcar Handmade Cheese. For their Danziger, Chapel Hill Creamery. From Oregon, for their Fromage Blanc, Briar Rose Creamery. And for their cloth-bound cheddar, Face Rock Creamery. From Vermont, for their Redding, Springbrook Farm. For their St. Alban, Vermont Creamery. From Wisconsin, for their Pleasant Ridge Reserve, Upland Cheese. And finally, to speak on behalf of all the cheese winners from Ohio, Ralph Ladder of Canal Junction Farmstead for his Charlotte. Good evening, everyone. This is quite an honor to be here this evening. I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be here this evening. I'm honored and humbled to have been selected to say a few words. I would like to personally recognize all the other winners, especially the cheese winners, and our fellow Midwestern recipients, Green Dirt Farm and Uplands Cheese, and commend each and every one for their fine work. I would like to thank the Good Food Award Foundation for supporting and encouraging artisan and sustainable food production and organizing this recognition program, which gives small producers incentive to keep working to high standards, not only for the products themselves, but raising the standards of the industry. Recognition at a national level such as this helps us market our products, which comes with a unique set of challenges given our geographic location in Northwest Ohio, not the first part of the country to embrace grass-fed and sustainable. <laughs> As I grew up, I lived in a farm that was farmed conventionally. In 1993, we made a change. We started building fences, planting grasses, clovers, and then turned the animals out to graze, transitioning the farm to a grass-based model. This helped to revitalize and save my family's farm, which was homesteaded in the early 1850s, making this fifth-generation farmer hopeful for a legacy to pass on in agriculture, thus saving a family operation which has allowed the sixth and seventh generations to maintain a working landscape and continue the legacy. We realized that grass-grazing cattle was something unique in Northwest Ohio in the 90s, which led us to direct marketing our meat, but not our milk, at first. In the early 2000s, we started researching how we could direct market dairy, and cheese was the most viable option. Our son, Brian, who is now uh, the head soft cheese maker at Old Chatham Shepherding Company in New York, in Old Chatham, New York, spent time working at Gubin Farm in West Cork, Ireland. He was inspired to create a cheese unique to our farm. We called it Charlotte, and that is the cheese we are receiving a good food award for tonight. Being in the presence of all the other recipients this evening gives breath to the often exhausting work that we put into our products. The steadfastness to the craft that everyone 
here demonstrates encourages us all to continue raising and producing products of exceptional quality. And when you make your way to Northwest Ohio, we welcome you to stop by Canal Junction Farm. Thank you. Hundred and seventy years, it's unreal. God. Um, thank you so much, Ralph. Thank you so much, Ralph. And I'm very pleased now to introduce Richard Tarloff of Canyon Market in San Francisco to present the 2019 charcuterie winners. Richard. The winners are from California for their prosciutto black pig meat company for their Salametto, Framani handcrafted foods, for their Hemon Mangalitza Incontro Cured, for their Chicken Liver Mousse Picnic, from Colorado, for their Pepperoni Il Porcelino Salumi, from Illinois, for their Brazaula Tempesta Artisan Salumi, from Indiana for their Copa and their Culatello de Dorman Smoking Goose Meadery. From Maine for their Cider Brined Copa, A Small Good. From New York for their Brazaula with Porcini and Black Pepper, Brooklyn Cured. And from North Carolina for their Pork Loin Pastrami, Lady Edison. For their hot soprasada, Lady Edison in partnership with San Giuseppe Salami Company. From Oregon, for their saucisson sec, their saucisson aux noisettes de Oregon, and their green peppercorn pate, Olympia Provisions. For their Oregon country pate, tails and trotters. From Tennessee, for their basil blossom lomo and their brazaula, Blackberry Farm, and finally from West Virginia for their Krakowska and their black garlic ham, Farmer's Daughter Market and Butcher. Yeah, right on, let's hear it for them. Thank you, Richard, and congratulations to all the charcuterie winners. And now, uh, to present the Oils Awards, Sarah Wilson of Market Hall Foods in Oakland. And the winners are from California for their Addison Blend Buy Right Market in partnership with Cloud9 Orchard. For their mandarin orange olive oil, Bandolio. For their jalapeno garlic olive oil, Cali Virgin. For their Coratina, Grumpy Goats. For their Frantoyo variety, Jack Rabbit. For their Napa Valley select organic extra virgin olive oil, Long Meadow Ranch. For their estate-grown Arbaquina extra virgin olive oil, Saker Hills. 
for, the, for their jalapeno olive oil, the Olive Press. And, and from New York, for their stamp-pressed organic hemp oil, Uli's Oil Mill. And from Texas, for their pure pecan oil, the art of pecan. And, and finally, to speak on behalf of all the oil winners from California, May Chevalier of Cloud9 Orchard for her classic blend. I'm honored and humbled to receive this award. I want to thank Sarah Weiner and the Good Food Foundation for shining a light on food artisans who otherwise toil in obscurity. I also want to thank Byright Market for taking a gamble to collaborate on an exclusive extra virgin oil for their stores. Special thanks to Patty Darek of the California Olive Oil Council in Berkeley. She has been very supportive of me and has also guided many beginning olive farmers to produce world-class extra olive oil virgin. My education is in finance, and my experience is in personal investing. I raised four children, two of whom are twins, and I got restless. I wanted to tackle something difficult. <laughs> I started an olive farm, and it is difficult. <laughs> but with the help and encouragement from my husband, friends, and family, some of whom are here this evening, I was able to face these challenges with courage. I was determined to bootstrap and learn all aspects of the business. So in the early years, I was very busy learning. For example, I became a member of the California Olive Oil Council, where I attended many useful workshops and seminars. I took classes at UC Co-op Extension and attended workshops at the Olive Center in Davis. I became a member of the Central Coast Olive Growers Association where I learned many things about olive farming and developed camaraderie with fellow farmers. The California Alliance of Family Farmers helped in making connections. I met many farmers, fostered relationships with people who had mutual interests. With knowledge and creativity, I became passionate about olive oil. I enjoy tremendously educating the public about olive oil, the qualities, the health values, and how to enjoy it. Hard work pays off. It is rewarding. In closing, I want to thank Alice Waters and Carlo Petrini for inspiring us to go back to basics to make good food, to develop a shorter food supply chain, to live, love, laugh, and eat well with friends and family. Thank you. May, may you're, 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 you know, where I'm from, you're what we call a badass. <laughs> um, raising twins, four kids, and then going and starting an olive, olive orchard is kind of not the easiest thing. It's pretty amazing. I want to congratulate all the oil winners. Thank you so much.
I should, I should say you, all of you are badasses, right? <laughs> no. um, I'm very pleased now to introduce Rob Loomis of Taste in Virginia Beach to present the 2019 Spirits winners. And the winners are from California for their farmhouse vodka, Dutch and Dewey Distillery. For their botanic spiritus barrel finished gin, Falcon Spirits Distillery. For their cold brew coffee liqueur, Griffo Distillery. For their misadventure vodka, Misadventure and Company. For their Wayward Whiskey Single Malt, Venus Spirits. From Colorado, for their 100% rye vodka, Bear Creek Distillery. For their Progeny Series, Cultura Cask Finished American Single Malt, Deer Hammer Distillery. For their Maryland Style Rye Whiskey, Leopold Brothers. From the District of Columbia for their Chapman's Apple Brandy, Republic Restoratives. From Maine for their Old Port Straight Bourbon Whiskey and their Fernet Michaud, Liquid Riot Bottling Company. From New York for their Legs Diamond Bourbon, Namias Efi Distillery. From Oregon for their Cafe Coretto Liqueur, Elixir. For their Banker's Gin, Vivacity Spirits. From South Carolina for their Dragoncello Liqueur, Vicario Liqueurs. And finally, from Vermont, for their single-barrel gin, Stonecutter Spirits. Thank you. And two more. <laughs> um, there were two more. And from Texas, for their Texas Rye 100, Balcones Distilling. And for their Texas Rye Gin, still Austin Whiskey Company. Any whiskey judges out there? How fun was that, right? <laughs> um, thank you, Robin. Congratulations to all the Spirits winners. And now um, I'd love to introduce the legendary Peggy Smith of Cowgirl Creamery. Peggy will present the Elixir Awards. Elixors, isn't that great? Uh, the winners are from California for their chai spice ginger pear shrub is purely drinks, for their salted cacao bitters, workhorse rye, from Colorado for their oak ar aromatic bitters, cocktail punk, for their Palo Santo bitters, drum apothecary, from Hawaii for their Pog Soda Syrup and Cocktail Mixer is Gita's Kitchen Pantry. From Louisiana for their Sweet Potato Simple Syrup and their Tricentennial Bitters, 
Elgapo bitters. From Massachusetts for their fire ciders is Shire City Herbals. From Minneapolis for their Honey Cinnamon Kick Superior Switcher Company. From New York for their Ginger Elixir Turmeric Immune Shine. From Pennsylvania for their Damiana Rose Elixir Apodia Apparary. Sorry. From Virginia for their Grapefruit Drinking Vinegar Mother Shrub. From Washington State for their cold-pressed organic blueberry juice, Bow Hill Blueberries. For their lemon lavender shrub, Girl Meets Dirt. And for the purple one, Reverend Al's Bonafide Potence. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Peggy, and congratulations to all the Elixir winners. I got, I got to judge the Elixirs a couple of years ago, and that was one of my favorite categories. I mean, it's like an amazing combination of bitters, sweet, tart, with the shrubs. I mean, it's just such a cool, such a cool category and makes such amazing, fun drinks. Um, now I'm pleased to introduce Brittany Hartwell of Palace Market in Point Reyes Station, California, present the Cider Awards. And the winners are from California for their OB Amarillo Californian Cider with Hops, Far West Cider Company. And their Farmhouse Dry Cider, Lassen Traditional Cider. For their Laura's Orchard, Soquel Cider. From Maine, for their Lidland 16-2, Portersfield Cider. From Missouri, for their Reserve Series, KC Cider Works. From Vermont, for their Emanation, Fable Farm and Fermentary. From Virginia, for their Highland Scrumpy, Big Fish Cider. For their Hughes Crab and their Harrison Blue Bee Cider. From Washington State, for their Kingston Black Cider, Dragon's Head Cider. For their Golden Russet, Finn River Farm and Cidery. For their Heirloom Series Macintosh, Liberty Cider Works. And finally, to speak on behalf of all the cider winners, from Massachusetts, Shannon Edgar of Storm Along Cider for his Red Skies at Night. Get this guy up a little bit here. Well, first off, I'd like to thank the Good Food Award Foundation for recognizing our cider and the honor of being asked to represent the cider category here tonight. I'd also like to acknowledge and thank my fellow cider makers here on the stage including my head cider maker, Ben Robertsano, who's out there in the audience somewhere. All right, Ben, let's go, baby. As cider makers, we are reviving, redeeming, and reinventing an industry that has 400 years of history in this country. 
Our cider company is based in the town of Sherburn, Massachusetts, which was once home to the largest hard cider producer in the United States from 1880 to 1930. At this time in the historic town, or the bucolic little town of Sherburn, there were several orchards and Jonathan Holbrook and his ever-expanding cider mill churned out 1.25 million gallons of their champagne cider annually. This was quite a feat for the late 1800s, added by a patented pressing method he developed and also a railroad expansion. In this era, apple varieties we now refer to as heritage or heirloom were the norm. These apples were acidic and complex, and in some cases bitter. Some of these varieties were the very first grown in the New World as early as the 1650s. It still fascinates that, me that we can make a cider here in 2019 out of varieties that were the very first propagated back in the 1600s. I think that's really what hooked me into cider and really you know, spawned my interest and got me going. Over the last decade, cider has experienced a significant resurgence and as makers, we're all pushing the boundaries of traditions and paving a new fat path forward. At Storm Along, we make some ciders that are bone dry, directly expressing the fruit from which they were made. And we make other ciders with additional ingredients in the same way chefs use a palette of flavors while creating a dish. All of our ciders have a common thread of being made from whole apples and whole ingredients sourced from reputable growers and suppliers. We approach cider making from a thoughtful, purposeful process. What are we trying to make? Why is this good and is this something we want to drink and stand behind? We take pride in our craft and the cider makers here tonight take pride in their craft as well. I'd like to personally thank the Good Food Foundation for helping us promote and expose quality ciders to new audiences. This education is key for us in the cider community and we all need to take on the mantle of promoting the joys and passion we bring to our craft. It's really the most important thing that we can do. I think about the seasons a lot with cider, the ebb and flow of the cold, the heat and the wet, all sprouted and radiating from the branches and buds. The trees tell a story, the orchard speaks in different voices throughout the years, throughout the year, sometimes quiet and serene, other times bursting with color, smells, and life. I love all of it. As a cider maker, if I can tap into this spirit and instill this essence into the fermentations and ciders that we create, then we have done something right. Thanks again, and some congratulations to all the winners up here on the stage. Thanks again. tall. Uh, th thank, thank you, Shannon. Sorry, sorry. No, it's all good, man. <laughs> um, and congratulations to all the beer winners. Oh, cider winners. Sorry, a little typo on my shade. I was like, huh. Um, I'm very pleased next to introduce Danielle Vogel of Glens Garden Market in Washington, D.C. to present the beer awards. I'm going to spare you guys the puns this year. No, I'm not. Let's hop to it. And the winners are from California <laughs> for their strawberry rhubarb sour. 
Cleophus Queely Beer Company. For their long root ale, Patagonia Provisions, brewed by Hopworks Urban Brewery. For their Kumquat Saison, Smog City Brewing Company. For their Shipwreck Strong Ale, Thirsty Bear Organic Brewery. From Colorado, for their True Blonde Ale, Ska Brewing. From Illinois, for their Session IPA and their Coffee Break, Rolling Meadows Brewery. From Maine, for their Blushing Star Barrel-Aged Lager with Peaches, Liquid Riot Bottling Company. From Massachusetts, for their Tractor Ride IPA, Stoneman Brewery. From Missouri, for their La Cosecha, Perennial Artisan Ales. From New York, for their Dark Hollow, West Kill Brewing. From North Carolina, for their Southern Basil Farmhouse Ale, Full Steam Brewery. From Ohio, for their Orbexellium, Urban Artifact. From Oregon, for their fresh hop, totally chill, hazy IPA, Hopworks Urban Brewery. For their Farrah, Little Beast Brewing. Guys, I'm getting Deja Brew for the sixth year in a row. From Virginia, with the hat trick, Port City Brewery for their Essential Pale Ale, their Monumental IPA, and their Integral IPA. Way to go, Bill. And from Washington State for their Pike IPA, Pike Brewing Company. And last for their robust porter, Rubens Bruce. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Danielle. <laughs> Give it another round for the beer. Next, I'm pleased to introduce CeCe Hansen of Good Earth Natural Foods in Fairfax, California, to present the 2019 Chocolate Awards. Chocolate, mmm. And the winners are, from Arizona, for their ginger and coconut milk, 55%, Stone Grinds. From California, for their collection, Etienne Eureka Works, 150th anniversary, 62% cacao, guitar chocolate. For their 72%, Meyer Lemon Olive Oil Chocolate, Raffio Chocolate. From Georgia, for their ripple effect, Chocolato Small Batch Chocolate. From Hawaii, for their coconut milk and caramelized ginger, Madre Chocolate. From Massachusetts, for their 70% dark cacao nib crunch bar, Boho Chocolate. 
from Missouri for their 72% Zamora Amazonia dark chocolate bar, Askinozi chocolate. For their 75% Madagascar, Patrick chocolate. Hope I said that right. From New York, for gimme coffee and dark chocolate, dark forest chocolate. For their Costa Rica Hacienda Azul, 70% Gotham chocolates. From North Carolina, for their 70% classic dark chocolate, Videri Chocolate Factory. From Ohio, for their 70% Belize, Maverick Chocolate Company. And finally, to speak on behalf of all the chocolate winners from Arkansas, Lauren Blanco of Markham and Fitz Chocolate for her Oola Lavender. Hi, everyone. Wow. So I'm learning that it's one thing to be a believer in great ideals. It's quite another to bring those ideals to life through tangible work. I'm the kind of person that's completely driven by ideals and a sense of purpose. So a couple years ago, my business partner and I got together and we started to redefine and establish those ideals that would drive our company towards our goals. And the two words that we felt resonated with us the most were celebration and restoration. We have this really big dream of celebrating people and restoring the earth and our communities through our work. These lofty dreams, they start with small steps and we often have to remind ourselves that these small steps are leading somewhere. What an honor it is to receive an award alongside all of you, validating our work in both quality and ethical levels. It really means the world to our team in Northwest Arkansas. So when we jumped into our values, celebration became the easy face of our brand. I mean, we make chocolate. <laughs> That's gotta be the easiest thing to celebrate with. So chocolate made us natural celebrators. It felt very in tune with our personalities and how we wanted to run our company. I mean, we want this to be fun. We want our, we want our staff to have fun jobs. Yes, it's hard sometimes, but we wanna live life in a way that celebrates the day to day. That's what we're here for. And craft chocolate seems to make that pretty easy. We were even able to bring two of our amazing staff members to the awards today because we believe that they are worth celebrating. I'm so proud of our team's hard work. It surely takes a village. And we just want to celebrate and love our little village. Now, restoration is always the harder value to talk about. It's something that's deeply personal to me, which I'm always searching for ways in which to weave it into our story and into the breadth of our company. A special quote has always pointed me toward our vision of restoration, and it seems to sum up the ways in which we're compelled in business. And it goes, we must not simply bandage the wounds of victims beneath the wheels of injustice. We must drive a spoke into the wheel itself. We have this incredible opportunity to drive spokes into the wheel of injustice through business, through commerce and relationships. The reality is it takes a long time. So we've chosen this long road that bends towards justice. We have the privilege of walking it alongside some pretty incredible people in our industry. So on behalf of myself and my business partner, Preston, and all of our staff at Markham & Fitz, we couldn't be more grateful. Thank you.
Thank you so much, Lauren. And thank you for doing the just thing. Um, and congratulations to all the chocolate winners. <clears throat> and now to present the Confections Awards, Patrick Crowell of Woodstock Farmers Market in Woodstock, Vermont. And the winners are from California for their cherry vanilla dark truffle, Fev Artisan Chocolatier. <laughs> for their eucalyptus lemon pure chocolate. For their Swiss chocolate bar with hazelnuts, caramel, uh, and dacquoise, sweet 55. From Colorado for their honey salted caramels, Bee Ranch. From Georgia for their raspberry macadamia nuts, uh, Jardy chocolates. From Massachusetts for their Esmeraldas with Putnam Rye whiskey bar, Goodnow Farms chocolates. From Missouri for their raspberry goat cheese truffle, cacao chocolates. For their triple ginger, Patrick chocolates. From North Carolina for their rosemary lemon ganache Escazu artisan chocolates. For their lavender black pepper caramel, uh, sorry about this, Vidiri chocolate factory. From Oregon for their mint and habanero batch PDX. For their vanilla coconut caramel sauce, Bloom caramel. For their black lava, salted caramel, Creo chocolate. From the great state of Vermont, for their maple milk caramels, Big Picture Farm. For their vanilla bean, goat's milk caramel sauce, Fat Toad Farm. For their salted sesame toffee, the wonderful Vermont Amber Organic Toffee. From Washington State for their raspberry sauce, Franz chocolate, fantastic. From Wisconsin for their ghost pepper caramel, Madison Chocolate Company. For their, for their Carmado heirloom tomato caramel roots chocolates. Good job, everybody. Congratulations to all the Confections winners. It's awesome. And thank you, Patrick. Next, I'm pleased to introduce Cindy Daniel of Shed in Healdsburg, California, who will present the Honey Awards. And the winners are from California for their California Sage Honey, Bloom Honey. For their wild blackberry honey, Sola Bee Hunt Farms. For their solstice to be young apiaries. From Georgia, for their sumac honey, dances with bees. For their, for their sourwood honey, mountain honey. From Massachusetts, for their raw Massachusetts wildflower honeycomb, Danvers, and their Massachusetts wildflower honeycomb, Beverly Bees. 
for their New York Wildflower Honey CNC Orchards. For their Spring Harvest 2018 Tewksbury Honey. From Missouri for their KK Honey Kitchen Culture. From Virginia for their Culpepper Golden Wildflower Hippie Chick Apiary. From Washington State for their Wildflower Spun Honey and their Olympic Mountain Wildflower Sequim Bee Farm. Thank you so much, Cindy, and congratulations to all the honey winners. Next, um, I'm pleased to introduce Chili Montez of the Byright family of businesses right here in San Francisco who's been working with me for over 25 years. He's going to present the fish winners of 2019. And the winners are from California for their oyster chicharrones with horseradish salt fish. For their trout riette shed. For their supreme grade white sturgeon caviar, sterling caviar. For their smoked sturgeon, Tsar Nikolai caviar. From Louisiana, for their spicy Cajun caviar, Louisiana Caviar Company. From New York, for their Blue Hill Bay smoked black cod and Blue Hill Bay <clears throat> smoked wild Alaskan coho, Acme smoked fish corp. From Oregon, for their Alderwood smoked baby steelhead, Bon Appetit Management Company. For their ready set salmon, Fish People Seafood. From Texas, for their smoked salmon strips and, and their maple glaze and smoked tender salmon bites, Epic Provisions. And finally, to speak on behalf of all the fish winners from Washington State, Joe Malley of St. Jude Tuna for his tuna with jalapeno. Well, before I start, I want to make sure that somebody's got their finger on the five-second delay button. I, I am genuinely a fisherman and occasionally subject to fits of colorful language. Um, I, I would like to thank everyone here for their commitment to the meaning and the message of good food. I especially want to thank my lovely wife, Joyce, for her support all these years. There were some tough years. I recall proudly the day that Joyce was voted a full share longline deckhand fishing black cod in the Gulf of Alaska. Those days, <clears throat> those days we fished 20 and four, and that was a good day. A bad day we fished 24 and six. Sorry, that's fishing and sleeping. Um, Joyce's life to me, with me, has been a testament to what can be accomplished if you put your heart in your work. You might even rehabilitate a crusty old fisherman. <laughs> now, I view the group in this room as being at the core of a new and developing fraternity of people, people who have chosen to care about some aspects of life which are largely overlooked 
on society's to-do list. There's almost too much to care about today. With global warming, ocean acidification, pollution, over-harvesting of seafood species, mass extinction, habitat degradation, wetland protection, world water supply, redefining waste and wealth. And these are just issues in the ecological realm, not touching on the social and other aspects of sustainability. The part I know best about sustainability applies to tuna. I'm going to give you a few albacore facts, and this will be on the quiz. <laughs> just 5% just of the albacore is troll caught, like our Good Food Award winner. We use lures dragged on the surface behind the boat. It's a very specific targeted fishery. Our bycatch is virtually nil. Now, bycatch means incidental catch of species that you're not targeting. And it's a problem throughout the industry because often bycatch species uh, don't survive the encounter and are not utilized. So that's a, a very sad thing about, about the commercial fishing industry. And it's really one of the reasons why I gravitated to the albacore fishery. Now, what else is good about trolling? Well, it's what I do. No. <laughs> uh, trolling selects for young albacore. They're 15 pound average, they're three to five years old. This means that they are low in mercury, and because of their habitat and lifestyle, they're high in omega-3. These fish feed very low in the food chain. They eat anchovies, squid, and krill, by preference. They'll also eat anything else, including I once saw one hit a beer can that was floating by. Um, but that's their, that's their main forage fish, and they're all very close to the bottom of the food chain. And, of course, krill is the fundamental for the development of omega-3s in the ocean food chain. Now, does everyone here know what, a, what happens when a predator approaches a school of anchovies, squid, or krill? Well, let me tell you. They have a really inspired plan. They form a ball, and they just get tighter and tighter as the predators get more and more active. Well, this is not the swiftest strategy. It's kind of like a fisherman strategy, actually. Um, but uh, that's what they do. They ball up and they form an ever-tightening mass of food. And the tuna can feed effortlessly in that situation. Hence, these young albacore gain fat like I do at a buffet. <laughs> but the fats the albacore collect are heavy in omega-3s, which might explain why they are smarter than the anchovies. <laughs> so the alternative fisheries for tuna as opposed to trolling, are, there's a few. Uh, one is purse seining. We know about purse seining. They invented fishing under schools of dolphins, which of course eventuated in the result of dolphin-free consideration for tuna. Then purse seining moved to fad fishing, FAD, fish aggregating devices. They would put out objects floating around, 
and amazingly, in the very barren environment that tuna live, just the shadow of a floating object creates a habitat. And sometimes you'd find a log, and underneath the log there's 40 tons of tuna. You know, I mean, you wonder who got there first, but it's, anyway, the, uh, the, that's what fad fishing is. It means you look for something floating, and you set a net around it, and you catch everything that's there. Big problem. You catch everything that's there, including many species which are not your dedicated target. And, of course, everything gets squished in the net and then gets discarded. So that's the trouble with purse seining. Um, then there's pole and line fishing, which is actually a much more uh, sustainable version of fishing. It's hook and line fishing, and they basically, you've seen people do this, perhaps they throw a jig or a lure out in the water and tuna bite it and they fling them back over the top. Meanwhile, there's a, a guy on the boat who's tossing anchovies into the water, live anchovies, and that keeps the tuna really excited. Um, and that's, that's, that would be a good fishery except for a few aspects. One is that they fling these tuna at the end of the string there, they fly overhead and land 20 feet behind them. So they bruise the fish a lot, so they have a lot of wasted meat in that regard. Um, but also, they catch lots of tuna. I mean, they make me look silly. Um, their rate of catch is such that they have a hard time freezing them properly. And so the quality of that fish is just never gonna be all that it can be. Lastly, I want to address the longline fishery. Now, the longline fishery is the most, probably the most vessel-intensive fishery on the planet. Um, they set, uh, well, typically a longline boat will set 60 miles of gear with a baited hook every 60 yards or so. Now, this is a quiz. Do you think if you did that, you'd have much of a bycatch problem? I mean, sharks, seals, pilot whales, turtles, sailfish, marlin, ono, mahi, they all have something in common. They all like bait. <laughs> so, sorry, I think I've lost my last page. No, it's here somewhere. Fisherman fingers, you know. Now, tuna habitat includes vast areas of open ocean, which are not under the jurisdiction of any effective regulatory agencies. So the reality is, it is up to us as consumers to decide what we want. The only way to protect tuna and our oceans is by voting our dollars. I'd like to close with just four things. This won't be on the test, but I'd like you to remember. Um, as, as a species population diminishes, the answer is not to pay for more for what's left. It's every fisherman's responsibility to maximize the quality of the product derived from his catch. Properly handled frozen at sea product is the freshest seafood possible. And lastly, 
Every fisherman knows that God invented fishing, but the devil invented nets. Congratulations to all the fish winners. Thank you so much, Joe. Um, I'd love to like just go and hang out and have a beer with you and Joyce and, 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 and just hear more stories, man. That was amazing. Um, next, I'm pleased to introduce uh, Joyce Attar of World Foods Portland to present the Pantry Awards. And the winners are from California for their tomato chutney, Akka's Handcrafted Foods. For their Sambal Red Hot Chili Simmer Sauce, Chili Cali. For their original apple cider vinegar, Little Apple Treats. From Colorado, for their salty peanut, the PB Love Company. From Connecticut, for their cashew coconut ghee nut butter, Farm True. From Georgia, for their honey cinnamon pecan butter, Good Sun Pecans. From Illinois, for their smoked chili jam, Southport Grocery and Cafe. From Minnesota, for their triple crown organic barbecue sauce, black garlic, Acme Organics. From Missouri, for their California date syrup, Date Lady. From New York, for their fermented vegan kimchi sauce, Forward Roots. From Oregon, for their coconut cardamom, almond cashew butter, Ground Up PDX. For their smoky coffee chili oil, Hot Mama Salsa. From Texas, for their Pearson Piccio Hiole pepper sauce, Taste Elevated. From Vermont, for their amber-rich maple syrup, Tonewood Maple. From Virginia, for their apple cider vinegar, Lindera Farms. From Washington State, for their Mai Tai vinaigrette, River Wave Foods. And for their Uncle Wilson's tomato relish, Seattle Canning Company. Congratulations. Congratulations, pantry winners, and thank you, Joyce. We did it. All 16 categories. Let's give a round of applause to all the winners again. Woo! I don't know if you guys were watching me. I just kept looking around to see if any ninjas were going to come down from the, from the ceiling and, and rush the stage again. It was just pretty amazing to have the security and to keep, that, uh, keep the peace. Um, before I introduce our final speaker um, and we add some food and drink, I know you guys are ready to like get ready to party. I've got a few public service announcements. We've grown far too big for one venue to contain us. So the after party um, will be at... Um, Airbnb's beautiful headquarters a mile and a half away. And there's 
a beautiful spread created by Byright Market and Bon Appetit manage com Management Company's team. We'll be uh, using all the winners of the food and drink, or many of the winners, I'm sorry, um, and all of that is awaiting you. So get cozy with your neighbor and share a lift. We'd also like to enlist your help in respecting the end, end time of the party as 10 p.m. Um, as we're grateful for the, uh, the recipients of Airbnb's donation of their space and Bon Appetit Management Company's and Byright Catering's team donation of some major culinary horsepower to make that party happen. We want their janitorial and catering teams to get to bed at some point tonight. Um, but feel free to continue the party somewhere else. Um, if you need any suggestions, uh, just come find me. <laughs> or Chili, or any of the other the Byright crew, we know where to send you. Um, as you can imagine, security at Airbnb is not a joke. So when you arrive, you'll need to check in and get the name badge we have printed and waiting for you. In an effort to cut down on waste, please hold on to the beautiful compostable plate that you'll be receiving from Verterra that you pick up as you enter the party. If you're still hungry for good food after the party tonight, you're in luck. As we have the Good Food Mercantile tomorrow from 12 to 5 at City View at Metreon for retailers and media. And then the Public Good Food Awards Marketplace, which is taking place in a big tent at Fort Mason Center on Sunday from 9 to 2, where you'll be able to meet, taste, and buy from 70 of the winners. That's where you can put your dollars where your mouth is, right? Sorry. So our final speaker of the evening needs no introduction. She's an undaunted visionary who has dedicated her life to leading change. In a recent interview I heard with her, when asked what advice she would give to those who wanted to be change leaders like her, she replied simply, to be a change leader, start by being a change helper. Tonight, we're all here to learn, to be inspired, and to help you realize your vision, Sarah. Everyone, please welcome Sarah Wiener. Thank you, Sam, and thank you, friends, old and new, for gathering here to lend your voices and your masterpieces to the celebration of the best of America. <laughs> A rainy day isn't how I'd hoped to welcome you to San Francisco, but when I sat down to write this back in November, it's exactly what we were all praying for. The air that day was thick with smoke, heavy from the fires that raged in Ventura County, Butte County, the wine country. Fires singed and scorched, ravaged and raged. San Francisco is no stranger to fire. At the height of the gold rush, the nascent town burned to the ground no fewer than six times. But in 1906, as a fully-fledged city, this community saw flames unlike anything that had come before. The earth rumbled for a full minute in what history would come to call the Great Earthquake. As destructive as the tremors were, they brought down City Hall in a matter of seconds. It was the 60 fires they ignited that truly devastated the city. 3,000 people perished. 28,000 buildings were destroyed. And over half of the city's 400,000 residents found themselves homeless. In tandem with a halt to many industries, culinary creativity dried up, 
with the Refugee Cookbook being the title of the sole culinary text published that year, a manual teaching residents how to feed themselves in the parks and tents that were their new homes. One of the most vibrant and diverse cities in the world was shaken, burned, and broken. You would imagine a disaster of that magnitude would take decades to recover from. But this is a very special place you've all come to tonight. A city of dreamers and doers, makers and innovators. It pulses with a potent mix of ingenuity, creativity, optimism, and practicality. A mix of traits that all of you, as both artists and small business owners, are intimately familiar with. In the wake of this destruction, the spirit of the city emerged, and a mere nine years later, the same span of time that separates tonight from the moment the first Good Food Award winners crossed this stage, San Francisco miraculously, marvelously rose from the ashes. In less than a decade, this city was not just restored to its former glory, but transformed into a bigger, better, more beautiful, and more diverse place than ever. A metropolis worthy of hosting 18 million visitors, including Teddy Roosevelt, Maria Montessori, Henry, Houdini, uh, Henry Ford, Harry Houdini, and Charlie Chaplin. In 1915, San Francisco hosted a World's Fair called the Panama Pacific International Exposition. It took no less than an act of Congress to select San Francisco, so recently raised to the ground, over rival cities vying to host. An epic coalition united to make the case, and at its core, the originator of this crazy idea stood the most unlikely of leaders, a handful of local merchants. An alliance of San Francisco businesses, notably Catholics, Protestants, and Jews all working together, had united to mobilize the will and the resources to rebuild and rethink this city. When the World's Fair arrived, it was a celebration of diversity, an eye-opening, cross-cultural display of cooperation and creativity. The highlight of this innovation emporium was the International Food Hall, an edible doorway into every imaginable culture. Russians pinched Perowskis next to Southern women frying up hoe cakes. Polish grandmothers boiled matzo balls next to taqueros pressing tortillas. For the first time, the cuisine of Chinatown previously considered a dark and dangerous quarter, was widely tasted, savored, and celebrated, launching a new integration of the neighborhood into the life of the city. The fair led to new commerce and new ideas and unequivocally demonstrated that San Francisco had returned to being a world-class city. As fires licked the edges of California's grandest cities last year, around the country, Flames of another sort scorched this land. We watched many of the values we hold dear, the safety and sanctuary we took for granted as rights of all people within these 50 states coming under fire. I look around this historic theater, whose murals were created for those 18 million visitors in 1915, whose seats were once filled by delegates of 50 countries gathered to sign the United Nations Charter. And I see 220 of the country's most talented makers and merchants, people of vision and generosity, 
builders of culture and community, intellectuals of the soil, masters of fire and fermentation. You are teachers, enticing us to learn microbiology with your beer, ecology with your honey. You are neighborhood builders, opening cafes and restaurants that turn strangers into friends. You are powerful commercial leaders, directing billions of dollars, not just through your own buying practices, but by the magnifying power you hold as closely observed tastemakers. You are diplomats, sending strong signals with your choices to partner with cocoa and coffee farmers who align with your own values, to pay a premium for what is truly valuable. Through your very existence, by growing and thriving and continuing on through seasons of bust and boom, you show everyone that America's appetite for truly good food is here to stay. At a time when the message of us versus them grows louder, you quietly yet firmly send a different message about how this country works. Every day, through your choices to protect our land and water, to build community wellness alongside your own businesses, you stand up and say, all of us or none of us. As a child, I had a favorite teacher. He was a sprightly old man, a rabbi from a long line of rabbis. The years had turned his hair white, but had done nothing to diminish the mischief in his sparkling blue eyes. He posed to us philosophical questions a sensible person would consider far beyond our tender years. A quarter of a century later, I still remember two of his stories with crystal clarity. Once, he told us about the time he marched with Dr. Martin Luther King. His job was to protect the two nuns marching beside him. He raised his arms and arched his back to show us how he would shield them with his body should clubs and bats appear at that peaceful demonstration. Another time, he postured to his pupils, why must we always do our best to do good? Because it makes you feel good to do good, one of us said. But what if it makes you feel good to do bad? Why then do you still need to do the right thing? We were stumped until he, <laughs> until he shared what amounted to because good is good and right is right. There is nothing more to it. Know that your salted caramels, your cloth-bound cheddars, farmhouse ciders, and black garlic ham are all worth celebrating. But know, too, that you dreamers, innovators, and practical idealists, all you brilliant makers who have chosen to do the right thing simply because good is good and right is right, are worth following. Know that when the time comes, just like those merchants a hundred years ago, you have exactly what it takes to lead a great rebuilding of this land. Wield your power for the common good, wherever you can, as often as you can. And when the dust has settled and the new bricks are laid, the sun will rise and the rain will fall on a more equitable, more beautiful, more joyous world. I can't wait to savor it with you. Thank you. <laughs>